0: Hello, this is episode 127 of the Purple Psychology Podcast, I'm Nisha. This episode is on passive aggressives. I've had it posted on my desk for about a year to record a podcast on this topic. I'm going to say at the start that I don't have all the answers, which is possibly why it's taken me a year to record, and it seems a strange topic to do now while we're focusing on homeschooling and lockdown and all of the various issues relating to that but it's an exceptionally destructive force to live with. Probably one of the worst. As adults, we really struggle to get a handle on each other's behavior, to stay consistent in the shifting terrain, especially right now, but for children, you're never being open about your actions. How are they possibly supposed to know what's happening or what they've done wrong or what you want from them? Ironically, this could also be a podcast on what personality is most set off by my books. And which ones project the most at me. And it's also a podcast on the differences between INFPs and INFJs. You might like to Google both personalities. And I guess when I started in the beginning, I was quite cynical. Can letters really determine your behaviour and your needs? And as an INFJ, you're especially cynical because you don't feel that a personality test can describe or put you in a box and you've never gone before in a box. And you've never been categorised in relation to other people. So how can one letter be, make so much of a difference? How can simply swapping a P for a J have that big an impact? So if we take INFs, if we forget the last letter for a minute, what do they have in common? My experience is they have a huge draw to spirituality. In, in whatever way you want to take that, whether it's just alternative, astrology, healing, like workers, and so on. Dream analysis, they have a great awareness of their dreams, of manifesting real objects, a real sense of the universe in their world, the signs, deja vu, feathers, um, symbolism of people in their lives, a sense of a deep connection to people across vast distances. All of those are cool topics that you don't generally find other personalities talking about so much. There's a deep love of books, of the characters, of personality, psychology, a deep interest in humanness and how people function. Writing, though it's slightly different, for INFJs, they really need to write to process their thoughts. And they also write to each other and tend to function best if they actually have a bounce pad to write meaningful letters to. And a lot of the most meaningful letters in the world that we're left with, Gandhi, Tolstoy, um, Gibran, Eleanor Roosevelt, those are off the top of my head. All, all of those are INFJ people who've had deep confidence that they've written to almost daily in some cases. Whereas for INFPs, writing is a creative process. And they also make very good musicians so they quite often write song lyrics. Though some INFJs also write song lyrics, such as Leonard Cohen, but it's usually subtly different. There's a more poetic feel to an INFJ's writing in terms of songs than there would be for an INFP. But INFPs do tend to make very good writers with excellent character development in their books. INFJs tend to write to change the world because they have a specific message that they need to write, something that they wish to have a legacy um, to survive. Um, Rachel Carson's a great um, example of this, also Jane Goodall in, in terms of their writing. So it has a very different purpose when you write as an INFJ. It's not a fictional work. Um, there are very few fictional INFJ writers by comparison to the INFPs of this world. And in fact, most of the people who work in literature are INFPs. So what do the Js have by comparison? They have the ability to stand in somebody else's shoes, to literally see the world from somebody else's point of view. They also have an amazing sense of being able to amalgamate systems, values, ideals, big society, humanitarian solutions. There's a huge vision aspect to them which isn't in an INFP. And there's a big sense as a child even of knowing that they have a purpose and a role and an impact to make in the world and having a very clear idea of what that looks like, not necessarily how they're going to do it or how they're going to make specific changes, but they have a sense of what they need to do coming into the world, which is very unusual when you speak to younger children. It really stands out. An INFJ's Achilles heel, heel if you like, is self-sacrifice. They tend to put everybody else over themselves and they don't tend to have a very good self-care routine when they're younger, um, which can be hugely detrimental to them. This is something that you really have to learn how, how to deal with later in life. But if I look at INFPs, their Achilles heel is passive aggression, which is why I'm recording this podcast. And it's interesting that something can in in one personality in particular and in a lot of ways it does take an element of empathy and understanding of other people because you know exactly how to upset someone else it takes great deal of awareness and it feels incredibly calculated which is why it it really hurts and feels very destructive there's a sense that i, I don't understand that they have the awareness to see this attribute in others and to talk about other people being passive-aggressive. And they quite often attract each other um, and and know other people with the same characteristics as themselves. And they will talk quite openly about recognising that somebody else is passive-aggressive in their behaviour, but maybe not notice it in themselves. And one of the aspects I've seen in terms of reading my books is that it it unsettles them a lot. And they react in a passive-aggressive way back to me. There's no sense of um, openness or honesty in communication, whereas other people will be very honest with me, you know, I found that upsetting, or this rattled this cage, or this brought this idea up. They will hit out in a way that they know will hurt me and say hurtful things and, and my books are very raw and vulnerable and as one person put it to me I put all my weaknesses on the page for other people to manipulate and use if they wish to do so and so to then have somebody try to do that and to, and to be very aware of the fact that they're trying to do that is, is a very bizarre space to be in. And so I, I guess that's why this has been on my mind so much for a year is I've had a, a lot of test readers of the books and I've seen the different reactions in people and I've become increasingly aware that passive aggression is a predominantly INFP characteristic. For, for an INFJ, if you tend to push them far enough, we'll explode, either by ourselves or at our others, or more than likely, we will just cry. Um, there's a huge release of emotions for us and we tend to be very emotional and we can go from you know massively happy to massively in a dark space in very quick cycles there you know there's an, an, an a sense of almost feeling slightly like you're on a roller coaster of emotions that you will feel and process very quickly. We don't often shout at people, but it occasionally does happen. You know, if if we take on too much and we allow things to build and build and build and build in us, so you know we're we're not saints by any stretch of the imagination, but we'll be we're very open and honest in our communication about how things are hurting us and how. I guess when we're younger, the only difficulty we have is because we're so incredibly sensitive and we have a need for to take care of other people. That as a young child, you can often end up feeling that everything that's happening in the world is your fault. If someone's suddenly in a bad mood, you always worry that that was your fault and you were doing and you were making. And so I suppose that's an aspect you have to learn as you get older, that not everybody's emotions and changes of emotions are directly in proportion to your actions and that you're not responsible for the whole world. For me personally, I'm not a very confrontational person. And so I'll be much more likely to go away, close the door and scream by myself or throw something across the room and deal with my emotions and cry. And it will take a lot for me to admit to somebody that they've actually upset me and I'll probably only do that in a rational space once I've processed it and I feel like I can have a rational conversation with somebody and I think that's quite common for an INFJ to do that but with passive aggression like I'm Harrison it's a stacking up it's almost like creating a list and hoarding what somebody has done wrong on you and not letting it go and taking off the next item there's no honest outburst there's no direct confrontation in what's upsetting you or no sense of that it's this projection of annoyance by taking a series of small actions towards somebody that manipulates the outcome so that you either get the desired upset that you wish to create or you get the desired reaction what you would like to happen for somebody or what suits you at the end of the day to happen without clearly asking for that to happen. So it, it's a very um, manipulative, dark force, and it's exceedingly difficult to live with. And it's ex- it's very difficult to live with as a child with a parent doing that to you, which is what I think why I'm recording this podcast at this time. I think there's a sense at the moment that I worry when people are in such closed environments and they're all so self-contained. That if people are irritating you and rather than saying that or rather than dealing with the fact that you are feeling irritated and why it's irritating you and how to let that go, there is a sense that if you're stacking that all up and subtly, you know, dishing out justice to people by stealth, that that's a very toxic thing to do. And it's a it's a really damaging force. And I suspect that if you have been subjected to passive-aggressive behaviour as a child from a parent, you're more likely to do it as well and to continue the cycle and to continue the destructive force. It's highly unlikely for an INFJ to ever be a bully. But I think one of the, the themes that most set people off in my books was the theme of bullying because I have been bullied a lot myself and through different points in my life a lot, in, in particularly in secondary school. I think passive-aggressives is a form of bullying, and they do recognise that in themselves, but it's very by stealth. So there is this awareness of it, but a lack of honesty, and so the cycle continues and it goes round and round. And as I said, I don't have the answers to this, and I like to be able to give practical suggestions and solutions, but I honestly think that awareness... is is the key here, because I know that passive-aggressives are very aware of other people taking these actions. How they manipulate the outcome for other people. And they can see that in others, so they have to be able to see that in themselves. I guess an INFJ is unlikely to allow somebody else to be bullied in front of them, because they have a big sense of what that feels like for the other person. And yet I know that INFPs have the same empathy and the same skill set because they can do that as character development in in writers. They understand the psychology of people very well. They understand how other people tick around them. They make exceptionally involved in parents um, and have a great awareness of what's happening for their children. So I think it's just about taking a step back and realising the consequences of their actions, in terms of maybe it's better to have an outburst, or maybe it's better to say the things are annoying you rather than creating a list. And also, it's about letting go and learning to let go and clean the slate at the end of every day. That it doesn't matter what you did yesterday, or last week, or last month. That I think that INFJs are more objective in letting things go and recognising where people are at now rather than where they were at last week. So I, I think that those are the differences between the characteristics. But, but of course, don't forget, like, INFJs are not saints. We do have Hitler in our midst. So when we do go bad, we can do it to a spectacular level, as, as Hitler demonstrated. And I think one of the, the parts that I realise, because I do have INFPs in my life, who I've continued very good friendships with and work very harmoniously with. And I see that the difference between those relationships and some of the others is that we are both seeking the best result for others, the good end goal. And we're both doing it very honestly and openly. There's less stealth involved in it. And I see that as a common theme now that I have written out the notes for the podcast and talked it out with myself. I think it's the openness of where you want something to go and the openness in communication in what niggles you and what pushes you to the edge. I think INFJs are better at taking the time to process that and communicating it better, maybe going away and not reacting to things in an outburst, but taking the time to, to reach that place so that you can have an honest, transparent conversation in what you want to happen. I think one of the aspects I'll finish up on that most makes me laugh is that young INFPs quite often feel they never fit in. Whereas statistically, there's at least 12% of them in the world. INFJs don't fit in because there's 2% max of us. And we spend our life getting everybody else. So I think that's one of the, the senses that makes me laugh. And I love the joke that I understand too much psychology to get upset by other people's actions.